From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, it's Brandon. Thanks for joining me. It's uh, It's been a little bit, it's been about a week or so since we chatted here on the podcast. It's been a busy time. Auburn preseason camp is already underway. I say already, but it seems like we're waiting forever for it. But uh, Auburn concluded its third day of preseason camp Sunday. Meanwhile, Auburn is just killing it on the recruiting trail. Two commitments here in the last couple of days as we're recording this right now. We're going to talk to Keith Niebuhr, our recruiting analyst, writer, at Auburn 24-7 Sports here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast to break down these two latest commitments in the defensive backfield and also the rising expectation of a big commitment potentially coming at the end of this week for the offense. Auburn's not done yet and might be closing in on a top five ranking in the recruiting rankings. Hard to believe considering where Auburn was a little over a month ago. Remember when Auburn only had, like, what what was it? Like five, six commitments? Now Auburn's just stacked. What's going on? We're going to talk to Keith about that here in a little bit. But I want to start off with preseason camp. I know a lot of you have been following our coverage at auburn.247sports.com, and I appreciate that. Um, You know, everybody wants to know about the quarterbacks, of course. And um, there's a lot of, not a lot, but there's just a few areas that have really kind of grab my attention. We have a bunch of insider notes at, at auburnundercover.com, auburn.247sports.com that I'm not necessarily going to share here on the podcast because that, that I say privileged information, that intel is set aside for our subscribers that pay their good hard-earned money uh, to know the intel um, from our sources that we work really hard to cultivate. And um so I'm not going to get into like the nitty gritty details here on the podcast. If you want those nitty gritty details, I'm going to sound like a salesman for a moment, but we have a deal going on right now at Auburn Undercover. Um, go to auburn.247sports.com. You'll see it uh, there on the site. You could purchase one month at $9.95 and you get two months free. So you get three months for $9.95. So that's what, $3.33 or less? Um for three months of coverage that gets to you to November. Then you could decide when Auburn's in November, whether to stick around or not. Cause Auburn's either going to be talking about a big run in November or they could potentially be talking about a coaching change, but you can't beat the deal guys. And I'm not just saying that I'd be saying that if I wasn't with the site, because nine 95 for three months to get all the insider details on what's going on with football Plus basketball, basketball's killing it right now on the recruiting trail as well. If you've been keeping up with things at auburn.247sports.com, plus the plus recruiting on football, the intel at practice, you can't beat it. So go check that out. If you want the nitty-gritty details, the insider info, the stuff that people on our message boards know before anybody else, and then a couple of days later when the news comes out, everybody's like, where did this come from? Well, Auburn Undercover. Uh, had it up first, most likely, or at least we were hinting toward it. Um, and there are some big things this week that, of course, we will, we're going to talk about a little bit on the podcast as a teaser with Keith Niebuhr. 
But I want to talk about preseason camp so far. Listen, Auburn on Sunday donned shoulder pads for the first time. Otherwise, they've been practicing in helmets and shorts and a T-shirt pretty much. Full pads go on Tuesday. We'll start learning a little bit more about this team then. So will the coaches. Thursday's the big day, guys. That's when Auburn is going to scrimmage. And as I wrote in a story that was published late Sunday night, historically, Gus Malzahn, after the first scrimmage, usually has a pretty good idea of which way he's going to go with this quarterback race. Now, he does not make a decision at that moment. He does not make a public decision, for that matter, at that moment. But he has a pretty good idea of which direction he's heading and who his starting quarterback's going to be. Um, and that's, how do I know this? Because I've talked to Gus Malzahn about it. He's talked about it publicly, about how after one scrimmage, he usually has a pretty good idea. And not only that, he not only has a good idea, but the other coaches do. And more importantly, the team does. The teammates of the player at quarterback usually know that's the guy. So sooner than later, then maybe some of us think, or some of you think, Auburn's probably going to have a pretty good idea of who their starting quarterback's going to be at the end of this upcoming week when they scrimmage Thursday. Now, they're going to announce something? I doubt that highly. I don't think my, my, my circle date on the calendar of them announcing a starter is August 19th um, or August 20th. Um, that's my date, only because preseason camp ends August 18th. And it's going to end with, with, I believe, a scrimmage. They haven't announced it yet, but based off what I've been hearing, it looks like it's going to be a scrimmage day on the 18th, or at least a small scrimmage inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. It could be the third or, yeah, I think it's the third scrimmage of the the, uh, preseason camp. But usually what happens with Gus is that that first scrimmage, he has a great idea of who his quarterback's going to be. And then the second scrimmage is more or less to confirm it to himself. Usually that first scrimmage, if it's a hard-fought battle of quarterback, he lets those t- quarterbacks be tackled. The second scrimmage, they usually are not tackled because I think he has a, he, he obviously has a better idea of what to expect, and then he just wants to make sure, uh, based off the plays they've installed, uh, the defenses they throw at them, that they're not taking a step back or being lackadaisical because they know the pass rush isn't there. So, guys, I think this is the week. Gus Malzahn is going to have a much better idea. Is he going to say it publicly? No, he's not. I, he just won't. But I'm telling you guys, based off history, and you can read my story, uh, this is the week when things start coming together. Is it early? Yeah, but he's seen these guys in the spring. He's heard about their offseason workouts. He's going to see them in full pads, and then they're going to scrimmage. He's He's going to have a good idea after that first scrimmage. Also, that scrimmage on Thursday is going to be utilized – to kind of um, cut the haves from the have-nots, so to speak, gives the, it gives them an idea of the freshmen, the newcomers, of who is going to be able to contribute this year, how much they'll be able to contribute, whether someone's a star or someone who just you know maybe plays two or three games and still red shirts. This scrimmage kind of helps them narrow some things down there, which they'll continue to narrow down for another week, and then then they get in a game week mode for the last two weeks of August. So here are some things we've learned outside of the quarterback battle that I wanted to share that you've probably, you may have heard about already, but I want to discuss here further a little bit. And most of it has to do with the offensive and defensive lines, which is is really to me the most important areas this season outside of the quarterback battle, obviously. Um, 
one player I've heard some good things about is freshman Keandre Jones. He's playing at right guard, I believe. Um, they're really trying to set him up for success because they need to build depth. Could he be the top backup at right guard? I don't think so. And, and that here's why. The big news I thought this in these first few days was not what's going on with the quarterbacks, what's going on with you know uh, the defensive tackle spot or anything like that. I thought the big news was seeing Brodarius Ham playing at right tackle with the uh, second team and also a lineup that was a mix of starters and backups. And I've been told that Brodarius Ham, who had been practicing at right guard and working as such as a backup in the offseason, right before they went on July break, uh, as a team from off-season workouts, they decided, hey, we're going to move you to right tackle. He's a big physical guy. And I talked to K.J. Britt, Auburn, the Auburn middle linebacker who's going to start this season, about Brodarius Ham, and he just glowed about him, uh, was just talking about how he, all the physical battles they've had. Because as a when he played right guard, he's a pulling guard, so that means he'd have to go on the second level and block a, a linebacker. And he says that he, he laid about five licks into Britt. And at one point, Britt said, at one point, he knocked the towel off of me. And I don't even know how that happens, he said. Um, but Brodarius Ham has been a guy that we've been hearing about in the background from defensive coaches, not offensive coaches, but defensive coaches about how good he is up front and how impressed they've been with him along the offensive line. And so the offensive coaches are moving him around a little bit. And now they're all of a sudden Auburn, which feels great about their five starters, all seniors along the offensive line, they didn't know who was going to be their sixth lineman or seventh lineman. And it certainly looks like that that guy is going to be bro Darius Ham, And he's going to be the answer if there's an injury at right guard and or right tackle. So they have the right side kind of shored up right now with their first and second team, which is something I did not believe they would have figured out or at least be testing out. I mean, they'd be testing things out, but... It certainly sounds like they have a lot of confidence in hand to handle that situation. Meanwhile, the left side, at left guard, you could see uh, Tayshawn Manning there, obviously, uh, as a backup. Um, or you might see Brodarius Ham. Um, left tackle, I think the, the de facto backup there is Bailey Sharp. We all know that. He's a senior. He hasn't played significant snaps. Uh, but some teammates have been giving him some really good feedback. And when we're when they speak to the media, they've they've been saying he's doing doing a pretty good job, but it certainly looks like you know outside of Prince Tega being the, the the best lineman out of everybody at left tackle, obviously, outside of him, it looks like that right side of that line, in my opinion, is going to be the strength for Auburn, particularly in the running game. Um, you know, with Jack Driscoll out there, I, I think he's really underrated at right tackle. Uh, Jack Driscoll, of course, being the transfer. From UMass. So I thought that was like the biggest thing to come out of the first couple of days of preseason campers. Bro, Brodarius Ham emerging at right tackle and also potentially at right guard. Meanwhile, the defensive line, the big question is, is who's going to be the starter at, at, at tackle next to Derek Brown? Tyrone Truesdale took the first team snaps, at least in the open portion of a practice we watched the very first day. That continues to be the case, I'm told. They're trying to work different guys in there, but the problem is, is they have injuries. Uh, Daquan Newkirk is injured. He might not even be able to play until later in the season, if at all. But that's a guy they really need in there. They really like him. Ronnie Garner really likes Newkirk, but he's had two Achilles injuries 
in his many years, and he's still recovering. Um, and he's missing out on some quality time. Uh, Connus Miller, he's working in there a little bit, but he's also injured um, from, I believe, a shoulder injury he's had to kind of come back from. So that's been interesting. So he hasn't been necessarily, you know, battling for a starting job as you'd expect. Meanwhile, the the discussion is is that Nick Coe likely could move inside, but it, it appears the top backup at defensive tackle uh, at the spot next to Derek Brown is Gary Walker, the former walk-on and the son of the Auburn star uh, here at Auburn who uh, end up playing in the NFL for 11 years and are playing defensive end and, and earning all those accolades here with the Tigers. So it's interesting what they're going to do on that defensive line. You know, as good as they should be up front, that, that one tackle spot worries you a little bit. And Auburn's trying to figure it out. And until they figure out if Connus Miller is fully healthy and what he could contribute, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to know what they're going to do with Nick Coe. Now, because he's – they're starting Buck, but they very well can move him inside. Saying that, here's something interesting. Nick Coe lined up at defensive end uh, with the second team defense on the first day of practice. What does it mean? Nothing really. I mean, Ronnie Garner has said all those guys can play every position. He's cross-training a lot of them. But I never thought I'd see Nick Coe at defensive end, to be quite honest. Um, I thought he was just, listening. they're going to do tackle or they're going to try and keep him at Buck. Uh, another guy that players have been raving about is T.D. Moultrie, uh, particularly Marlon Davidson, the four-year starter at defensive end. Marlon Davidson uh, on Sunday night just straight up said that that guy has one motor. He's dominant. Um, and I think he ended two sentences with period. He said period. Uh, he really loves that guy. Um, so th- those are the things that really stuck out to me. Um, I haven't heard much about punt return. Again, that's an area where Matthew Hill's working. Um, I, you know, I'd really be really interested to see Matthew Hill uh, out there. But we didn't get to see the punt returners really uh, in the open portion of practice, which was the first day. We haven't seen day two or day three. Uh, the media will be allowed back in to watch like the first 20 minutes or so maybe, or maybe 40 minutes. We got 40 minutes of practice to watch, which is the longest I can ever remember in the Gus Malzahn era back on the first day of practice. It'd be great if we get 40 minutes again, because we actually got to watch some pace drills, which is where you really can see them mixing and matching, guys. Um, but anyway, Tuesday, their first day in full pads, that is the second practice that will have an, a media viewing window. There's three practices that the media is going to be allowed inside. That's the second one. And then the third one's going to come up quick on us, and then all of a sudden it's going to be lights out. Uh, for the media, but we'll continue to work our sources, try to figure some things out and share it with you at auburn.247sports.com. One other thing, I wanted to clear something up. I I reported in a VIP piece that Harold Joyner had been working at fullback. Uh, I was incorrect there. He's working at the four back, which is their four, and that's running back, that's tailback. So he's working at running back. He's not a blocking fullback. My apologies for that. I need to fix that on our site. In fact, as soon as I get done recording this late on a Sunday night. So that's kind of my first impressions of preseason camp here at Auburn. Um, It's only three days. They haven't worn full pads yet. They will Tuesday. Um, The quarterback battle, really no one's standing out because they haven't really 
done anything to allow them to stick out. What I have been told, though, is there's been a lot of explosive plays. Um, there's been one injury to a starter um, at a skill position that um, I'm not going to reveal here, but it's it's up for our VIP subscribers. I hope to get more information as I'm re recording this right now. I don't know the extent of the injury. I just know that they were injured Sunday at practice. But uh, by the time you listen to this, if you're a VIP subscriber, you're probably going to know the diagnosis and whether they're okay or they're going to be out for any period of time. So, um, But uh, talking to Mike Horton, uh, the offensive guard, he says that the thing that's been sticking out to him is explosive plays are back. And why are they back? It's because of four players who really sat out, most of them sat out spring practice. Um, and those guys are Will Hastings, who didn't play in, in the spring, Anthony Schwartz and Sean Shivers, who were running track uh, for Auburn and did not participate in spring drills, and Eli Stove, who did practice and had a pretty good A day, He's out there, but he's fully healthy. He's finally got that uh, knee brace removed. Will Hastings, of course, has had two ACL surgeries here over the last calendar year. So um, it's a situation where Auburn, those four guys are the fastest and most explosive players on the team. And three of the four sat out spring drills completely. Um, so they're back out there. And Mike Horton said that they've just, there's just been explosive play after explosive play. And it doesn't matter which uh, quarterback's been out there. Now, things will change when they put the full pads on. And then they'll change even more so when they go live and those quarterbacks have, um, uh, you know, defensive ends and bucks and defensive tackles and linebacker blitzes coming at them. It'll change a lot. But right now, coaches are very happy with the way this offense is looking. I can tell you that right now. They're very happy with the way the offense is clicking right now. Um the defense, more to more to tell there when they actually scrimmage on Thursday. So those are my initial impressions of of preseason camp. What I could tell you, some intel there, much more intel at auburn.247sports.com. But this show's not all about just practice. I want to talk about recruiting because Auburn is just killing it. When I come back here from the break, Keith Niebuhr is going to join me to talk about two commitments and potentially a third on the horizon, which would be huge for the Tigers. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We bring in Keith Niebuhr to discuss uh, some recruiting news. Actually, I, I was quite surprised on Sunday to see Auburn land yet another defensive back and one out of Texas again, and 
a guy that um, you had kind of been hinting yourself, hey, Auburn feels good about this guy. Don't don't count him out. And sure enough, he committed to, to the Tigers on Sunday to cap off what's really been an incredible run here since June. And I, I say cap off. It's not done yet. But yeah. uh, what what's going on with these defensive backs here of late? You know, it's funny. I just did this thing. I'm, I'm doing this thing every week or so, take five from the road, because Brandon – I'm just desperate for content. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to make up stuff as I go. And a couple of weeks ago, I was in Ireland. I said, all right, I'm going to do a take five from the road. And I only had four good questions. So I figured, all right, I'll just throw one into my own. And it was, you know, what position group am I most concerned about? And I said, well, you know, defensive line, they only have one commit. But, yeah, you know, Rodney Garner's a close. But the secondary, no commits. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Well, lo and behold, they were laying the groundwork for a lot of good stuff to come. And I, and I sort of knew that. But with zero co- commitments on the board yeah zero zero Brandon I mean you know you can you can spin it any way you want but you know I was concerned for Auburn and, and I do know that uh, some on the staff at Auburn the coaching staff were concerned too hey when, when are they going to get some commits well the commits have happened now they've come uh, and it was a huge weekend for Auburn in the secondary uh, we'll get to the other commitment but the, Sunday's commitment was Chris Thompson Jr. out of Duncanville Texas and Brandon this guy I think he's been a Longhorn fan like a lot of his life Grew up about three hours, lives about three hours from Austin, Texas, where the University of Texas campuses has been pegged by most that to be a strong Texas lean, if not a lock for quite a long time. But, you know, Auburn offered this spring and, and they're not going to offer guys that they don't feel like they have a legitimate chance. with. So they offered him, got to know him and his family. They visited. They loved it. Got to know the family more. Wesley McGriff, the, the safeties coach, led this recruitment. But a lot of other people on the staff were involved from uh uh, you know, Kevin Steele, uh, Marcus Woodson and on down. And, uh, you know, they started you know, what I was told by a source after he committed today or excuse me, Sunday was that uh, that basically the, the family and Chris would ask a lot of questions and the questions they asked. And, and I didn't go into specifics and they didn't either. But the source, but the questions that were asked led the Auburn staff to think, you know, we might be able to get this guy. And so we've been reporting for, I guess, a week or so. Do not count out Auburn. Now, other people wrote Auburn off. Uh, and the, you know, our intel, which was strong, it was coming from both sides, by, by the way, that Auburn was very much in it. And then it was no longer a three-team race with Ohio State, Auburn, and Texas. It was a two-team race that could go either way. But, Brandon, let's just be honest. I mean, you were surprised. I mean, I wasn't shocked only because people had told me, good people, that this was really close. But at the end of the day, you know, I woke up Sunday morning and – our intel late Saturday night, I wanted to sleep on it, but our intel late Saturday night was, hey, he's told Texas kids he's coming. Brandon, I think he even did an interview where he said, you know, where he kind of let a reporter know that, you know, it was probably going to be Texas or was definitely, I, I don't know all the specifics there, but, you know, when I woke up Sunday morning, I thought, you know, maybe it's going to be Texas. I mean, it, that's the logical thing to think, you know. Uh, but Auburn had kept a line of communication with him open the whole time, and I knew that, and I knew as of, uh, Friday, the Tigers were still communicating with him and, and communicating with him a lot. Okay, so when he re- released his video, uh, I guess I sort of got tipped off about a half hour before that he had just called Auburn. Uh, a person with knowledge of his recruitment said he just called Auburn, and they felt really good. Auburn felt really good. Well, Brandon, when you get a little nugget like that late, when your sources tell you late in the process that a team feels really good, 99 times out of 100, they're getting that guy. So it was really weird. I think it was close. And perhaps maybe Friday it was Tech, or excuse me, Saturday it was Texas, and Sunday it was Auburn. But I can say that Auburn staff is ecstatic. This is a four star kid, you know, probably can contribute early. 
you know, Auburn's got some some older guys at safety, and they also have some younger guys. So, uh, and a, you know, he can come in and work behind the guys next year, get some get some experience. But they really like this guy a lot. You know, if you're going to Texas to get a DB, you really like him because, quite frankly, you shouldn't have to leave the the Southeast, right? So credit to Wesley McGriff and the staff. So it was surprising, but maybe not a shock, a total shock, because Auburn had been battling. But you know, zero commitments in the secondary as of a few days ago, two now, with only three spots to fill. And, and it looks like they're going to have no trouble filling those spots. Went, the secondary, Brandon, went from being maybe the biggest concern to when it's all said and done, potentially the strength of the entire class, potentially. And before uh, Chris committed to Auburn, yeah. uh, we had a kid from Blinn College. Yeah. Who, by the way, uh, fans know because of Cam Newton coming from there. Yeah. Believe it or not, I can't believe it. Uh, nine years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, committing to Auburn. This has been quite a run for the Tigers, but Auburn's not known to go into Texas. And here they no. are in just you know a couple <laughs> days' time getting two players not only from texas but yeah. two player two defensive backs out of texas well you know a couple things brandon you know this but, you know arkansas is pretty close to texas right <laughs> and gus is from gus malzahn's from arkansas and, and and obviously had great success as a high school coach there well he knows a lot of those coaches in texas and he's very well re- respected down there now did he know the coaches of these schools before he started recruiting them i don't know but i know that in texas gus malzahn has some respectability people people look up to what he did at Arkansas. They love that. I mean, you you know, Art Brow, same thing. So uh, this was a big one. Marco Damio is his name. Six feet, 290-pound corner. Great story. Had, like, no offers, I think, coming out of high school. Uh, and really did well last year at Blinn College. But he has that size, the length. And when you watch his film, you know, that length, that athleticism, he looks like he's got good acceleration. He only had one interception last year. But quite frankly, you know, junior college footballs, those games go by so fast. Sometimes they don't throw much. I mean, you know, I don't know the circumstances. Maybe nobody threw his way. Five pass breakups. But when you watch this film, they also have scrimmage highlights in there. You see how athletic he is and how he can jump and use those long arms to to make a lot of plays. And let, let's be honest, Brandon. I mean, what? who does Auburn have at starting at cornerback this year? Uh, Noah Igbenogany. I mean, I'm, I'm probably sp- pronouncing his name differently than now you. you got it. And, and Javaris Davis, right? And right. Javaris Davis, I think, is a senior, very good player, very senior, fast yeah. player. Yeah, very fast player. Noah's a junior who I've been reading all y'all's reports, especially yours. He's pretty good, right? He's he might, good he's, he exactly. might be NFL bound after yeah. this year. So yeah. they're going to need some guys to come in. And what you don't want necessarily, like even an elite high school kid, man, I mean, that's a heck of a transition. This guy's a little older. And in his conference out there, he's playing against guys right now that are going to be playing at Power 5 schools. So, you know, a little older, a little more mature. And he gets there in um, – uh, in January, he'll have three years to play two seasons. But for all intents and purposes, he's going to be pushing for a starting job next year. And by the way, we should really point out here, Brandon, you know, everybody thought Chris Thompson was locked and loaded to Texas. Well, it wasn't that long ago, just a few weeks ago, that people really thought that Marco Damio was going to LSU. I mean, quite frankly, I heard he was a silent commit. I heard the you know, video may have been shot. You know, who knows what the truth is on the video part, but LSU thought they were getting him, but LSU has already, I think, four DBs committed. They also were recruiting him at safety. Auburn recruited him at corner, and one of the big pitches he told me was, listen, you know, they they kind of sat down and said, look, cornerbacks make a lot more money than safeties, and that resonated with him. Now, who knows what the future holds, right? I mean, recruiting's recruiting, but, but, uh, but he really believes in the Auburn staff. Him and his family love Marcus Woodson, okay, the, the cornerbacks coach. They like Kevin Steele. They like Gus Malzahn. But really, Woodson 
kind of won them over. And, uh, you know, his dad, I, I can't remember what position. I think he, he was either wide receiver or DB, but played at Arkansas. So he had kind of been through this before, and, and that's somebody uh, Marco could lean on. I don't know if his recruitment was as um, – not wild, but as, if he had as many big schools after him as his son. But that was something upon which he could lean during his recruitment. But they really love Auburn. And, and the fact that you know Auburn ha- probably has a little bit more of a need than LSU uh, is significant. But that's – look, that's a big recruiting win. LSU, when you really think about it, Brandon, has gotten just about anybody they wanted, with a few exceptions. I think Alabama's gotten a few DBs from them in recent years. But when it comes to defensive back recruiting, you know, one of their secondary coaches, Corey Raymond's considered one of the, the top recruiters and developers in college football. <coughs> Excuse me. They've gotten just about whoever they wanted. So for Auburn, significant win. Uh, I, I know Texas A&M recruited him, but there were some other schools as well. But he pretty much could have gone to a, a lot of the big schools in the country. So a big win for Auburn. He's considered a high upside guy. And, you know, I think the fact that he really didn't have any offers or many uh, at all coming out of high school. He said in his video, commit video, uh, that he had none. Uh, but uh, I think that that fact, Brandon, it gives guy it gives a guy a little bit of a hunger, you know, a little bit of a hunger about him. And, you know, he's not some guy that some prima donna that's a five, got a five-star ranking. Not that all five stars are prima donnas, but let's be honest, Auburn's had some issues with those guys before. Uh, he's he's shown that he's going to do the work. And now he sees that if if I work, look at these things that can happen. I went from no offers to 20-something offers to now the SEC uh, to Auburn. So uh, he has a lot of faith in the staff, and so does his family. And uh, just a huge pickup. Again, no defensive back commitments before this weekend. Now two. So that's one cornerback and one safety. Auburn would like to take two more corners to give them three as a whole and one more safety. And they prefer that that one safety probably be a nickel-type guy. Uh, and they, they're locked in on a guy named Ladarius Tennyson out of Rockledge, Florida, who – uh, was teammates last year with Octavius Brothers, who's a freshman linebacker at Auburn right now. They think they're going to get him. And he just said on Twitter on Sunday that uh, he's going to have a decision soon. Now, what does soon mean? Who knows? Probably in the next few weeks. But Auburn was 29th in the rankings with six commitments when May ended. Now had 17 commitments, the number 12 ranking. Brandon, they got some big fish out there. If they land this running back on Friday, Tank Bigsby, who we had on, I believe, some people have as a five-star. Some people have as a four. But he's a top 50 national recruit. He's going to announce Friday at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. If he picks Auburn, based on the points right now in the rankings, and, and, and Auburn would move up to number six, I believe, one spot behind almighty Georgia. Okay, And we know what Georgia's been recruiting at, the level that they've been recruiting at in recent years. Uh, that's pretty good company when you're up there with them. And that's what Auburn fans want to see, believe me. That's what Auburn coaches want to see, too. Well, certainly. Um, And we've talked ad nauseum about Alabama and and Georgia and the recruiting and being sandwiched between the two geographically and, of course, the rivalry and trying to recruit against them. And uh, Auburn's just been making ways. 11 commitments here since June 1st, as you said, 17 commitments overall. Nine of them are four stars. Um, They're still looking for that elusive five-star. But as you said, some – Recruiting services, when you look at the 24-7 sports yeah. composite, some do five-star, some do four-star. Well, yeah. um, and if you look at just the 24-7 sports rankings, Auburn's actually number eight nationally. Yeah. Um, the composite, where it takes all the other recruiting services, has Auburn at number 12. I want to talk a little bit about Tank Bigsby. Sure. He's trending a little bit, at least in the crystal ball, uh, at 24-7 sports toward Auburn. What can you tell us about Tank Bigsby? One, I want to know what kind of player he is. Two, yeah. um, why the sudden trend to to Auburn? Yeah, well, he's a dynamic playmaker, but he's he's also 
got good size and can be physical. So uh, I don't even know what his height and weight are listed at, Brandon. I'm not I'm not sitting next to a computer, but he's over six foot. He's in the 200 pound range, and he's super athletic and he's got super quick feet in the hole. What are, what's his best 40 time? I couldn't tell you. What does he run the hundred in? I don't know, but is he football fast? Yes. Can he run the ball between the tackles? Yes. Can he run outside the tackles and catch passes? Yes. He can do a lot of things. And I know that while Auburn has recruited other backs, Roydell Williams, the fabulous Bama commit from Hueytown, Lawrence Tofili, the really good running back from down in Pinellas Park, just north of St. Petersburg, and, and some other guys. But but really, that this is the guy that has probably been at the top of the board in the last couple of months. And this is a, a guy that Gus Malzahn said – Auburn's got to get. And I I know that for a fact that this was a guy that Gus has wanted the staff and himself to lock in on. And it appears to have worked. I mean, he visited Auburn four times in June. uh, And then, you know, there was a dead period from the last week of June till about July 24th. And then that final week of July, you could have recruits on campus. So it's a feeding frenzy. And you and I talked about this, Brandon. Kids could go anywhere. Tank Bigsby only made one trip that we know of that that week that you could visit again because now it's back to another dead period. And he visited Auburn. And in fact, some sites, some Georgia sites thought he was going to be at Georgia that weekend. Never made it. Went to Auburn instead and stayed overnight. Uh, I believe he was with his mother. He's got a a former teammate on the team at Auburn now, Keandre Jones. He's got a current teammate, an offensive lineman, Tate Johnson, committed to Auburn. Auburn's definitely trending up. Uh, At one time, though, and and this is where I I give caution, uh, you know, one time he was trending big to South Carolina. People thought that he was going over there to commit this spring, and it didn't happen. And then it looked like Georgia made a big push. And and then this summer it looked like Georgia. Uh, he's apparently decent friends with Kendall Milton, who just committed to Georgia, I think, on July 29th, another running back, another heralded running back. And I think there was some feeling coming out of the opening finals the last week of – or excuse me, the first week of July out in Texas where Tank competed at – that Georgia was trending big. And in fact, you started seeing all these crystal ball predictions come in for Georgia. But Auburn has kind of, this is the, the tortoise in the hair. Auburn has, we think, Auburn has really kind of just stayed the course and played the quote unquote long game here. Uh, in the meantime, Cadillac Williams, who you know, obviously did not arrive at Auburn, I think until January, was really behind, you know, behind on this one early, but has uh, gotten to know Tank and his mother extremely well in the last few months. And and Cadillac Williams, if he can pull this off, uh, you know, this was a guy when they hired, you know, you say, okay, well, look, he was a big name player, obviously, but that doesn't always translate to recruiting. But this is a guy that there were some doubts about. He'd been coaching in high school. He didn't have the big resume coming to Auburn to replace Tim Horton, who, quite frankly, is one of the better running backs and most well-respected running backs in college football. And uh, if he could pull off this one, uh, that's a pretty good sign, at least on the recruiting side. It's still, you know, we'll see what kind of coach – he is, and, and I don't know whether he can be right. great. I, I'm not saying great or terrible. That's not for me to say. But you know, we don't know what he's going to be because he hadn't done it yet. Uh, but this would show that he has some recruiting chops. So Auburn feels pretty good. Uh, the offensive staff, it's not just Cadillac. Kenny Dillingham, the young offensive coordinator who, Brandon, we talk about this all the time, kids really like a lot. They love his energy. He's uh, working hard on this. And then Gus and the recruiting staff. And you know, if you follow the visits, it, it, it would suggest that it's going to be Auburn. Now, we'll see. My pick is on Auburn right now, but we're going to try to flush out as much info as we can this week. But, uh, you know, just after that trip that the tank made to Auburn on the 27th and 28th of mm-hmm. July, you just started getting the feeling, boy, it sure looks good. And, uh, and, and the chatter was, hey, he might not wait till December. He may do it sooner rather than later. And sure enough, he says he's going to do it soon. Makes yeah. you think it's makes you think that looks good for him. Now, again, we'll see. There's a lot of 
look, we just saw a, a surprising result on Sunday. It, it goes the other way sometimes, too. But right now, you have to like Auburn's chances. But he's an unpredictable young man. Yeah, Tank Bigsby uh, at the opening uh, in May measured at five foot eleven and a half inches, so he's six foot pretty much yeah, yeah. in cleats, and uh, ran ran the forty in four point six seconds, vertical thirty two point nine inches. He plays on the Class AA level at Callaway High in uh, Hogan'sville, Georgia. Averaged. Nine yards per carry, more than yeah. nine yards per yeah, carry. Yeah, he's pretty year. dynamic. <laughs> he's, yeah. a, he's a he's a dynamic player. Now, uh, you know, people want look <laughs> I, four six. You know, that ain't bad, by the way. You know, I think what we saw at the opening this year, Brandon, is we saw guys' times not as fast as they've been in the past years, and I, I think that's because the times are getting more accurate. I don't think kids are getting any slower. I think. I think they finally got it now where you're getting an accurate reflection. I mean, the days to, of 4.25s yeah, are gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I covered it. You know, I'll just say it. I, I, I actually used to cover Mississippi State's summer camp every year, football camp. And by the way, I love the people of Mississippi State. I mean, I mean, like they treated me like gold over there. But I do recall one year where I think 13 straight kids claimed they ran personal bests in their 40-yard dash. Okay. Now, what are the odds of that happening? So it makes you, it makes you start questioning every 40 you see, but four six forty, pretty good, you know, pretty good. But again, it's more about your quickness in the hole, you know. I, I, I you know, I've seen guys, you know, he's built sort of like Fred Taylor was, who I covered way back in the day down in Gainesville. Um, yeah, is he going to be that good? I don't know, but yeah, he's a very good player, a very good player. And it, I'll just tell you right now, this Kendall Milton that signed with, or committed to Georgia yeah. is another is another yeah. really good player. But yeah. I know people that I know people that think Tank Bigsby is better than him and, and something significantly better. So yeah, you know, everybody's got different opinions. I mean, you know what I mean? You get the guy that you think fits your program best. I'm sure Georgia is really happy with Kendall Milton. I know I would be. But Certainly. Auburn for Auburn in their offense, they think Tank Bigsby would be the perfect fit based on some intel we have. And by the way, just the best name ever for a running back. Tank yeah. Bigsby. <laughs> that is fantastic. So we'll find out Friday afternoon yeah. whether he's going to choose Auburn. I mean, it's just been a busy, uh, just commitment after commitment for Auburn. And man, if they get tank, uh, yeah. heading into oh, the season, I mean, that is, that's just huge. Cause Auburn could yeah, be, as I mean, you said, not only in the top 10, but close to the top five in the recruiting yeah, rankings. Crazy. And then you, when you start to look and I'm going to do a predicting the class in a couple of days here, uh, but we're sometime this week, when you start looking at who they could get tank Bigsby, well, they lead for a four-star tight end in Mississippi, Brandon. That's the, I think he's the number one or two player in Mississippi. They're very much in it for the top defensive lineman in Mississippi, McKinley Jackson. They're very much in it for uh, two very good uh, outside outside linebacker rush guys in Georgia, B.J. Ojolari, who I think I reported a week or so ago that some at Auburn think they may lead, and then Phillip Webb. They're probably in his top two or three. And then in the secondary, they lead for Ladarius Tennyson, uh, they probably lead for Kendall Dennis. They probably lead for Ethan Pouncey. They may lead for say, uh, for Brian George. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, it's funny. It just changes so fast of all the years I've covered Auburn recruiting brand. I think this is like my eighth cycle. This was the one I'd say two months ago. I was probably the most worried about for Auburn. I don't get worried, but for Auburn, I'm thinking, Oh boy. Uh, but you know, all the negative chatter about Gus's future and all that and and boy I mean they're really he's got a strong recruiting staff there's no question about that I mean they're, yeah, they're really th- they're really proving that I think that's the big thing is the the yeah. little additions here and there 
with caddy um and obviously we know what travis williams could do we talk sure. about him all the time but and kenny dillingham kind of adding some youthful exuberance there doing the worm when people commit yeah uh yeah. but i mean these these guys are just connecting really well with these kids i think them changing things up just a little bit during these recruiting visits i mean obviously you you follow it much more closely than i do but i think just the aspect of taking them over to the stadium and to the game day facility over there for a lot of stuff um, they're talking a lot about the future and what they've got uh, in store with a football complex and everything. Gus Malzahn's a little bit more uh, excited about the future because of he's just taking over play calling. And of course, Kevin Steele has proven over the last three years what he can do. And as you mentioned, you know, going forward, like the one area you would quote unquote worry about is the defensive line. And then you mentioned some of those guys, and I keep hearing this guy's in Georgia, this guy's in Georgia, and I just keep thinking, Rodney Gardner usually closes out on guys in Georgia, um, whether he is their defensive lineman or not. He's always involved in that in yeah. those situations. So um, you got to be feeling pretty good about things if you're an Auburn fan, uh, because all this is happening. And by the way, Rodney Gardner's kind of waiting in the weeds a little bit. You know what I mean? Before well, yeah, he gets and, his guys. Yeah, and and I, and look, I don't want to hold every hold you all night here, Brandon. But if if they have a, a successful season. People, more, they're going to have a lot of eyeballs watching them. And defensive linemen are going to see Nick Coe and Marlon Davidson and, of course, Derek Brown, my favorite of that group. And they're going to say, boy, they got a pretty good class here, recruiting class. They're losing these guys. Man, I could be playing with a pretty good group. And so that's what's going to happen if they win, of course. Now, if you're 5-5, if you're five and five, boy, I mean, it's just this stuff can turn on a dime, man. It really can. But I, I know there's a lot of bounce in the steps of a lot of the coaches at Auburn right now, um, just from the recruiting, uh, you know, does that carry over into the season? I mean, they're two mutually exclusive things, right? They're supposed to be anyway, but Auburn's got this recruiting momentum right now. And I, I, it's a happy bunch. And, and, and here's the other good thing, Brandon, you know, they can't have recruits on campus this month, um, but they're in a good spot right now. 17 commitments, probably only room for nine more at the most. So the energy can now be shifted at least for August, really. I mean, I know they got some guys getting, getting ready to announce, but the bulk of the work has been done at this point, or two two thirds, whatever it is. They can focus on the team right now. You know, what I'm saying that that's they don't have to worry about hosting recruits. They can focus on getting this team ready for the season while also recruiting before and after practice, but not having to host guys, which really can eat up a lot of your time. And you know, if you're Travis Williams, you're saying, "Man, I've got my three guys. I'm, I'm still recruiting Philip Webb, but man, I can really put as much energy as I can." humanly possible put into the guys on the team right now. So I, I don't know if I'm making sense there, but it seems like things have come together in a, in a, in a good way for Auburn, you know? No one has it covered like 24 seven sports go undercover with Auburn undercover.